This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey guys, and welcome back to Gen Z Money. Today, we're going to be talking about how to ask for a pay rise. Maybe this is your first time doing so, or you're preparing to ask again, and you just want to make sure that you're as prepared as possible. Now, of course, I am not an expert in this, and I'll be speaking only from my own experience, but I'll be chatting with you today about some of the techniques I've used in the past to successfully negotiate a pay rise with confidence. We'll be chatting about the timing, how to actually bring the conversation up, what to do in preparation, how to negotiate the salary and some of the mistakes I think you should avoid. So let's get right into it. So let's talk about the best time to ask for a pay rise. Now, when you Google and and look at different articles, everyone's going to say something different. But for me, I always try to tie it in with a performance review. Now, if you don't have regularly scheduled performance reviews, take the initiative to actually schedule one. You'll want to be talking to your supervisor and whoever is in charge of your pay. Perhaps for you, that might be the same person. So you'll want to let them know that you'd like to discuss your performance in the role and make it as easy as possible by finding an hour or so in your calendars that works for everyone. Now, the reason I love tying a pay rise conversation into a performance review is that it gives you the chance to talk about why you're worthy of a pay rise before you even bring money into the equation. So let's say you've scheduled your meeting and you've given yourself at least a couple of nights to prepare both mentally and physically. So one of the ways I like to prepare physically for a pay rise conversation is to have a bunch of notes that I keep with me during the meeting. And there are a number of lists I have on these notes, so I'm going to go through a few of those right now. So essentially, before going into a performance review, I like to write down number one, what are my strengths in this role? And what am I really enjoying doing on a daily basis? So for example, I've built a really good rapport with customers, I'm extremely organized and efficient, and I've been hitting my sales targets. Of course, you'll be customizing all of these answers depending on what it is you're doing. And then I like to specifically go into some of my achievements since starting working for the business. So for example, again, maybe you've assisted the business in bringing in uh, a number of clients or an amount of business, or perhaps you've improved processes to help make the business more efficient. This is the time that you want to talk about all of the great things you've done for the business in your time working there. And I know for myself, actually, in a previous role, I actually kept a note in my phone ongoing of all of the little things that I would achieve in my role in preparation for that pay rise conversation that would eventually come. It's so easy to forget about all of those little things you do on a daily basis that really help improve your role and improve the business. So when you do do those things, make sure you're noting them down so that you can refer back to them when you're preparing for a performance review or a pay rise conversation. And the third thing I like to write down is what are the challenges that I've faced in my role and how have I overcome them? I don't like talking about the negatives, the things that I don't like, the things I'm really bad at without actually giving my employer some reassurance that I'm working on it or I have worked on it and now it is no longer an issue. So talk about the things you believe you need to improve on and how you're improving them when you're having this conversation. So for example, I know for myself, I have a really poor memory. I cannot rely on my memory for anything and that has gotten me into trouble. So how I would frame that is that I have a bad memory. So in order to manage that, I take more notes um, and I use my calendar to set reminders for all of the things that I need to do. 
That goes to show that although you do have a weakness of having a poor memory, you're managing that really well so that it's not impacting your role. Another thing I used to be really bad at is just letting my emails get completely out of control. And when you do that, it's, it's so easy to miss something important. So I would say, for example, my emails have the tendency to get a bit out of control. So what I'm now doing is I'm scheduling 30 minutes each morning to clear out all of my emails and then make separate external tasks that will remind me to action all of the different items that have come into my inbox. So then again, you're showing that, hey, I did have a weakness, but now I'm actually channeling that and I'm using different methods to solve this issue. Number four, I then want to talk about my long-term aspirations for my career at that business. This is a really good way to remind your employers that you are in this for the long run and you do see a long-term vision with their company. So an example of this, depending again, of course, on where you work is I intend to become a supervisor in the next two years. I want to expand uh, this part of the business and I want to obtain further higher education to increase my knowledge and increase my opportunity to make more money for the business or provide a better quality service to our clients. Of course, customize that however you will. And then the fifth and final thing I like to finish on is let's get really focused and talk about what my clear goals are for the next 12 months in my role. So we've talked about some of the wider goals, but let's break it down into exactly how we're going to achieve those. So for example, I want to enroll in a certificate of business management. Not sure, of course, depends on what you're doing. I want to build out this part of the business's processes by three months. I want to exceed my KPIs by this much, things like that. How are you going to be progressing in your role very clearly in the next 12 months? What are the ways in which you're going to do that? And I really like to emphasize on that last question as you're essentially promising them a return on their investment again before you've even asked for money. So just to recap those five things that I like to list down prior to the meeting, they are what are my strengths and what do I really enjoy doing in my role? What have my achievements been since starting with the business? What challenges have I faced in my role and how have I overcome them? Number four, what are my long-term aspirations for my career here? And number five, what are my clear goals for the next 12 months? So once you've talked about these things and you've got some feedback as well from your employer, you're going to assume that everyone's happy. You've been talking about all these positive changes and all these goals and everyone feels really good. Then you want to say something like, so reflecting on everything that we've just talked about, I was actually hoping to discuss my salary with you. I think I've grown a lot in my role since starting here, as we've discussed, and I'd really love for my pay to reflect that growth. At this point, they're going to know what's coming. So it's time for you to pull out the receipts. So what are the receipts? For me, the things that I have ready to go is proof of what the average person in my role is being paid either in Australia or in my state. Now, there are a few ways you can find this out. Firstly, you can check out a couple of websites. I'd really recommend Glassdoor or Payscale. You can just search your role and it'll come up with a range of um, different salaries that people around Australia are being paid. So that's a really good reference point. Of course, if you look this up and you're actually being paid more than what everyone else is being paid, maybe, maybe just don't include that. You know, they don't need to know that. But I also like to talk to other people in similar positions in my industry. Um, of course, when you ask someone what they're being paid, you've got to be willing to be open about what you're being paid uh, in return for that. So whether that be your co-workers, um, people that you just know from the industry, I find that 
having those open conversations about money uh, can really give you the confidence or the kick up the butt to ask for that pay rise. Now let's talk about how much to actually ask for. So a rule of thumb for me, uh, and I hope my you know future employers or <laughs> current employers are listening to this, but I'd always go and ask for at least $5,000 more than what I actually want. The reason for this is that it gives your employer space to haggle you down, or they might not haggle you down at all and you might end up with $5,000 more than what you wanted, which is just excellent. But the thing is, you don't want to ask for exactly what you want, have them negotiate you down and leave uh, with an amount you're not happy for. That's not the goal of these conversations. So always ask for a little bit more. And that leads me to some of the mistakes that I think you should avoid. The biggest one, the biggest, biggest, biggest one, the piece of advice that I can give you is to, when you're asking for this salary or this uh, package, always know and be very clear if you're asking for that amount inclusive of super or exclusive of super. So I'll use an example of something that I'd done in the past. So let's say, for example, I wanted a pay rise of $65,000. I wasn't even thinking of super. I was thinking, I want my pay to be $65,000 And the super is an extra thing. Obviously, that'll just pay me super on top of that. That was my naive uh, way of looking at things going into that conversation. So after a lot of back and forth, um, a lot of pretty heavy negotiating, um, my employer came back uh, and sent me through the contract for slightly less than what I'd asked for, but that's fine because, of course, I'd, I'd accounted for that prior. So I got my contract through. They said, congratulations on your pay rise. And I have a look and that amount was including super. So my actual salary was only like 59000 The rest of that package was just my super contributions. Very, very sneaky. They knew exactly what they were doing, um, but I couldn't call them out on it because I was not specific. So it ended up being far less than what I wanted and less than what I'd forecasted and planned for, uh, which was a real shame. So you just need to be really, really clear on whether what you're asking is your whole package or just the salary and make sure they know that too. Another mistake people make, I think, is going into their pay rise conversations with a negative attitude. And sometimes, you know, that's that's warranted. Sometimes you are being, you know, really underpaid and you're really annoyed or you just found out that someone else in your business who's doing the same job as you is getting paid a ton more. You're totally justified in being upset with that, but that's not the energy that you want to bring into that meeting. So as we've discussed earlier in this episode, instead of talking about, you know, negative things like the fact that they're underpaying you, you instead want to try and get them super excited about all of the awesome things that you're going to do for them. If they can see that enthusiasm in you, they're going to be less inclined to want to disappoint you by refusing a pay rise and squashing your spirits and potentially running the risk of you looking elsewhere if you're unhappy. I did have a friend uh, in the past who was being dramatically underpaid and was struggling with things like paying their bills. So the way they approached it was they went into the meeting talking about how much they really uh, love working there and how they really, they don't want to go elsewhere. However, money is a real concern for them. So they really need to have that discussion. So make sure that you word it nicely, but also indicate that you are serious then your employer has time to come into that meeting prepared, knowing that you'll be needing to talk seriously about a pay increase. Now, another trap, uh, I would say 100%, 100, 
20,000%. Do not do this. Um, I had another friend who used the method of when asking for a pay rise, they actually went and applied for a job, a similar role elsewhere that was advertising for more money, got an offer from that job and then bought that offer to the current role, to the current employees and said, hey, guys, I've just got this. Can you match it? Now, I wouldn't recommend this. It can work, but having worked closely with the people on the other side of this deal, aka the employers, I saw that it very, very quickly erodes trust and damages that working relationship. They don't want to feel like they're being almost, I don't know the word for it, but but blackmailed. Like, if you don't give me this, I'm going. People don't like feeling like that. That's probably a last resort thing. That's not what you want to do from the get-go. So it doesn't work out in the long term. And in my experience, I would definitely not recommend doing this because you also need to be prepared to take that other role if your current employer doesn't budge on your salary, because if they don't offer you the pay rise and you just stay anyway, you're making it very, very hard for them to take you seriously when you ask for another pay raise in the future. So a couple of other tips, um, what I did for a couple of nights before asking for a pay rise for the first time, I just went on YouTube and I watched tons and tons of videos on how to ask for a pay rise, uh, what to do to prepare and how to be confident. Now, confidence is uh, probably one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of people. Just in my life experience in general, I found that being prepared and also just pretending to be confident uh, is what leads to real genuine confidence down the line. The worst that can happen is that you come out of it in the same position that you already were. That's not a great loss. Think of it as an amazing learning opportunity. You're going to be really putting yourself out there, testing yourself um, and, and being assertive. And that's, that's an amazing life experience. Your first time asking for a pay rise will be uh, character defining in your career. So at the very, very worst, you're going to have learned a lesson, uh, but go into it with, with as much confidence as you can and trust that the points that you're going to put forward are going to be effective. And if they're not, and if you leave really disappointed and you feel like your pay is still not being recognized, that could be your opportunity to start looking for an employer that appreciates you. Now, that was uh, quite the ramble just off the top of my head, but I really do hope that helps. Again, I just can't stop reiterating the importance of having notes ready to go prior to that meeting. I know that when I get nervous, my mind just goes completely blank. And that's the last thing you want to do when you know you've got all these amazing, amazing points to present to your employer. So if you're going to be asking for a pay rise anytime soon, I wish you the best of luck. I believe in you. Have confidence, have faith. You are an amazing employee and you are going to smash it. Thank you guys all so much for listening and we'll see you in our next episode. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.